1: Hello, and welcome to the third DesignFootball.com podcast, a uh, special Christmas edition. Uh, to what extent that actually becomes the case, we'll, uh, we'll see in due course. I'm Jay, DesignFootball.com resident blogger, and I propose this podcast partly as an excuse to chat to like minded people who I thought sang from a similar sim- hymn sheet to me, all in an atmosphere of general bonhomie. Hello, Dennis Hurley. Hello, Jay. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to
2: you. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm uh, looking forward to eating some turkey
1: later. (laughs) Yes, it really, really is Christmas Day. Uh, Dennis is a respected sports journalist, uh, the curator of the Museum of Jersey's network, and that includes uh, CorkCityKits.com, PrideInTheJersey.com and InternationalRugbyShirts.com. Is that all correct, Dennis? That's all correct, yeah. That's all correct. Wonderful network of websites. Uh, everyone should visit those. Uh, Thank you very much. The something else you've contributed enormously to, which many people would describe as previously a void on the internet, was the um, is the squad numbers blog. So uh, a blog on squad numbers, uh, as well as this, you've also uh, written reams on the concept of kit clashes, uh, mainly on the true colours footballkits.com website. Oh, yeah. uh, so, Dennis, what constitutes a clash?
2: Uh, it's, it's funny you should ask me that direct question as <laughs> as part of my research for this uh, podcast. I decided to read back on the piece I wrote under the same title on John Devlin's True Colours website just over three years ago. I was surprised to learn. And... Um, Basically, I suppose it comes down to <laughs> To what extent one is confused by the two teams watching them in a the game I suppose rather than watching two kids side by side or looking at them rather than watching them uh, because Football is about movement and a Lot of players in the pitch and that's the proper test of whether a clash occurs. I suppose an example of that would be when Arsenal played Sparta Prague in the Champions League in 2000 and Arsenal wore their navy third kit at home and Sparta were in their very very dark red and to look at the two strips you'd think it would be okay but in the game itself there was a fierce problem with contrast so much so that Arsenal changed to their yellow away kits at half time. Um, Obviously if. Liverpool against Manchester United is obviously a clash because they both have primarily red shirts. Uh, and then Liverpool versus Everton is obviously not a clash because one is blue and one is red. So <laughs> you're, taking, you're going from those two extremes to somewhere in the middle and basically finding the, the tipping point as to at what stage confusion would arise. I'm not sure if that sounds like a lot of rubbish now or what.
1: No, no, that that sounds good. The The immediate problem that's, that is being screamed out to me there is that when things are decided, let's say in midweek, the yeah. kits that teams want to wear are submitted to the referee, They he doesn't see them in movement, he doesn't see the two teams together, he sees them drawn on a piece of paper or, or some sort of depiction on yeah. a piece of paper, I would guess. Pa-
2: paper clashes rather
1: than actual clashes paper clashes clashes on paper okay yeah. so so this is a problem in football it seems to
2: be um because we were noticing examples of, of what you've described and you wonder how much effort actually does go into uh determining the 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 kids to be worn um and it it's i suppose we we see it because we're complete nerds but the people in the people actually making decisions mightn't be as into kits as the proper kit aficionados and so they only give it a cursory amount of attention rather than properly evaluating the extent of a clash I remember in the 2007 Rugby World Cup um scotland and new zealand uh played each other and it's another great example of when you think kits wouldn't clash and actually do uh scotland wore their navy home strip and new zealand had to change away from all black uh into a gray kit with a lot of black on the side panels and scotland had a lot of gray on the side panels of their shirts and obviously rugby is a very When you're watching, it's very side-on because one team is at one side, one team's at the other, and they're going up against each other, and it caused a lot of problems. And then New Zealand hammered Scotland in that game, and they went on to play France in the quarter-finals in Cardiff. And France that year had a very dark kit, apparently done created just to antagonise New Zealand and force them to change if they met. Uh, But the IRB, um, after the problems, it was the Scotland game. They felt that they had to actually get a bunch of students from from Cardiff to go on to the Millennium Stadium pitch in the various combinations of kit to see how they would uh, how they work against each other. And what ended up happening was that uh, France wore their away white shorts and socks with their navy jerseys uh, against New Zealand's grey shorts, black
1: shorts and black socks. Ah, okay, and that, and that in theory, even with everything that we know, and we we talk about um, the overall clash, which you'll expand upon in a second, I'm sure. Yeah. That in in our in my mind, that does seem like a combination that would work because there is enough there is enough contrast in the whole kit that New Zealand were wearing there compared with what France were wearing that the two dark, yeah. dark shirts don't necessarily cause as much of a problem as they they might have done previous. Um
2: exactly, yeah, it's it's uh it it it's kind of uh it, it's counterintuitive in a way I suppose that what you think wouldn't work actually does and what you think does work doesn't. And but they had to go to the trouble of basically having a match first to see and I suppose that's probably not really feasible in the Premier League to do that every week uh on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um to try out all the various combinations. Completely feasible, surely.
1: If if they <laughs> could do it in rugby where there's far less money, then I'm sure it's <laughs> in... Where well, there
2: was the Rugby World Cup.
1: Still still so. more money in football. Still more money <laughs> in the in Stoke against Hull in the Premier League than there is in any match in the World Cup. Would you not agree? I think there is uh there's probably an element
2: uh
1: of truth to that. Okay. So, yeah. now, <laughs> but how how many minutes in before our first argument? We've done okay. Um, uh, eight fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad, guy.
2: The uh, yeah, it's okay. Could you? I thought I thought you were going to introduce me by mentioning our arguments. Oh that, well, no, that that would have that would have I, set the I wrong did, time. I had a great line ready. That uh, it was like uh, that. Were like um. There's an episode of Fraser where he's negotiating with the station manager um, about pay rises and things like that for the, the 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 staff who aren't on air basically, and he becomes you know their hero, uh, their uh, their Arthur Scargill, and he's having these arguments with the station manager who's a female. I should have said at the start, and they're shouting insults at each other, and the insults get worse and worse, and eventually they're just you know. Uh, passionately embrace, and I think that that's how that's how it's going to go for us, too.
1: <laughs> I really, really hope so. I wish we'd done this in person now. Yeah, um, I don't the, think my wife we, would probably be in favor. Uh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't guarantee that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, sorry, the something you are famous for, I think, maybe in certain circles, is Inhumous, uh, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is this concept of the overall clash versus the the actual, or oh, sorry, the the clash on paper versus the uh, overall clash? Can you just explain yeah. how that works? Well, um,
2: it's it basically involves it. it I, I suppose it's like FIFA at the World Cup, um, but not as heavy-handed. It's it's you're looking at a kit as one complete thing rather than three different constituent things, i.e. the shirts, shorts and socks. So, um, I think the example I gave in that article was Everton and Leeds, who obviously don't play each other anymore, but they used to, and uh, I do recall a couple of times Leeds going to some Park and wearing blue shorts to avoid the shorts clash. So they were in white, blue, white against Everton's blue, white, blue. When... All logic would suggest that Everton should be the ones to change shorts, creating all blue against all white, um, and just removing any confusion. Even, and and we're we're seeing it a bit nowadays, uh, with the the lack of policing of shorts clashes in the Premier League leads in all white against Everton in blue white blue, and having a shorts clash I think is preferable to both teams having the same colours just in different configurations.
1: But the the issue with that, and I think you said Goodison Park would be a home team having to change an element of their kit. Wouldn't yeah, that, I know. That's, well, that's it's that, never going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But yeah, it is something that that. Well, I suppose it
2: could it could actually happen if the referee was strict enough to force it because th- that is laid down in the rules. Um, you remember Aston Villa against uh, West Ham a few years ago, and West Ham had an all sky blue away kit at Villa Park and the referee didn't think it was sufficient to solve the clash and it was an example of an overall clash because obviously Villa had uh, their normal claret shorts with blue sleeves and the referee made Villa wear change to, to white although some people would consider white against sky blue a clash as well but that's a different kettle of fish
1: so the Who Aston Villa changed their shorts or changed their whole kit? They changed to white shorts. White shorts. White 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 shirts. Jerseys. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, two people divided by a common language. (laughs) Uh, Maybe neither of us can speak our own. Um, (laughs) the yeah. So, I mean. It is it's fascinating for me. I'm not sure yeah. how fascinating it is to others. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's good. At least we're satisfied by it. The um, the overall clash phenomena is... Um, so it's controversial. Obviously, in, we talked about the World Cup where teams were not allowed to wear their their standard colours anymore. They were told to yeah. wear one colour. So you had... Uh just to list a few. Italy, Germany, Spain, all wearing one colour kits. Yeah. I think that did was it awful, t- wasn't it? Well I'm not I I agree with, with it to avoid the clash. So I agree with the thinking behind it. Oh I don't... to avoid
2: a clash, yeah. Um but you still apply a bit of uh logic and fairness to it. You you don't just tell Germany oh, uh, we know you like wearing black shorts and white socks, but you're going to wear all white in every game, no matter who you're playing.
1: But w- I was actually,
2: w- I was even very pleasantly surprised in the semi-final of the World Cup when the Netherlands played Argentina. And for some reason, Argentina were actually allowed to wear black shorts. Did they wear black socks as well? Which obviously isn't their perfect kit, but... It was a lot better than seeing them in white shirts and socks if they had been for the rest of the World Cup.
1: Yeah. The, I, I agree with it. As long as one team could wear... So I agree with the change. I don't agree with Germany's kit becoming all white. But I, yeah. do, I do agree with if it's going to cause a problem. And I do think too many colours does cause a problem. And there have been these studies into this where they've demonstrated that if... If a team is wearing one colour of the opposition, then it causes a problem. So I do oh, not I, i
2: Oh, I've seen, I've seen that study. I think I might have given you the link to it. Um, or they'll be both fine it at the same time. Oh, did John Devlin have it first, maybe? But, yeah, I agree. And that study said that the worst clash possible, overall clash. I don't think it would use the phrase overall clash. But, <laughs> uh, it said that red shorts and blue shorts against blue shorts and red shorts is the worst of that kind. Which, is, which makes sense if you think about it. Um, like, I recall in 1998, Brazil against Chile. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I'll just say Chile because I'm not a Latin American. Uh, that they obviously both had blue shorts and white socks. And I think Brazil changed both elements. So, Brazil were yellow, white, blue against Chile's red, blue, white, which is an awful mishmash. And surely, it would have just made a lot more sense for Brazil to be yellow, blue, blue, and Chile to be red, white, white. Uh yeah. Like, one team would change their shorts, and the other team would change their socks. Yeah. But, it, it, it just, clearly, it was that Chile were the home team for that game, so... Brazil had changed both, which is nonsensical. Uh, an example of common sense being employed: Chelsea and Luton in the 1994 FA Cup semi-final, where they both had blue shorts and white socks, and Chelsea were all blue and Luton were all white.
1: Hmm. The, the, short, the, element, the individual elements clash with each other. The, the most fascinating thing for me on this is the idea that you can have a better distinction between two teams if teams who are wearing different coloured shorts actually change so they're wearing the same shorts, the same coloured shorts. Yeah. that's that, uh, sounds, that will sound perverse, but it is actually correct, as the study would probably demonstrate. Exactly,
2: yeah. Um, Italy and the USA at the 2006 World Cup. Uh, Italy, their official kit that time was their normal blue, white, blue. I think in nearly every game, they ended up wearing all blue including against the USA, who were white jerseys, navy shorts, white socks. So, technically, Italy were changing from white shor- shorts to blue shorts against a team in blue shorts. But it helped the differentiation, because then, when you're watching it, you you know that there's only one team with white in their kit, and that's the USA. So, mm. it's uh, it's why I think... um. You know, you can get away with uh, a team in stripes playing a team whose sh- uh, shirt is the colour of one of those, one of the stripe colors let Let's say Newcastle against Leeds. Because you're watching it and you know that one team is all white and the other team has a lot of black. So it, it's easy to know which is which.
1: The the time when this is um, particularly important and where you can get away with something like that, the something you, you run the uh, prideinthejersey.com dot com website, yeah, uh, which focuses on Gaelic uh, Gaelic Athletic Association. Yeah, okay, Gaelic Athletic Association GAA, uh, GAA. kits. So that's hurling and football, and yeah. those kits are uh, firstly they. are virtually all made by O'Neill's and we can talk about why that's not always the case but the they are mostly made by O'Neill's and they are mostly sublimated is that correct yeah that's correct okay so s- there are horrendous clashes and people should follow Dennis on uh, Twitter just to see some of the absolutely horrendous clashes and we're not talking about overall clash versus clash on paper no, we're are just you- talking
2: about teams in completely indistinguishable kids.
1: Yeah, they they they're essentially wearing the same kit, and uh, yeah. to an extent that it might even be the same template as they're all made by O'Neill's, or very very similar templates. Is that yeah? So 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 I'd say uh, really. a a white jersey with like a a blue band, and both teams are wearing that exact kit. But well, I, I think
2: if it was that bad, they probably would
1: like they
2: they do police. Outright clashes for the two teams <laughs> have exactly the same, but anything short of that is uh, is okay. is, uh, is kind of up for uh, up for negotiation, I suppose.
1: The so say if a team had a a white jersey with a a blue band and the other team had a white jersey with blue sleeves, that wouldn't that that would slip through, wouldn't it?
2: Uh, hard to know. It would depend on the referee, I presume. And if it had been spotted by the the committee organizing the game, um, it's what 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 you'd often see is um a team with a white jersey with a blue band against a team with a white jersey with a red band, both mainly white, but uh, it the the feeling would be that there's enough to differentiate. Them. That's sorry, it, it,
1: what I'm saying in, is uh, it could slip through.
2: Oh, it could, yeah. Like in 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 football, association football, the the focus generally is on reducing any element of a clash. But mm. in GA, it seems to be that you'll only change if it's completely unavoidable.
1: But some of the some of the ones you've shown, are just, I mean, it, it slipped through obviously because they they've only both teams only brought one set of kit. I would have thought, yeah. That's, and they've had to think, well, okay, we've got we've got this is the best opportunity to play this game so we've got to go ahead and play it but some of them are terrible really really terrible but this is oh. in con- this is completely in contrast to something that the GAA is an absolute pioneer in and this is I think it happens in club finals or it has happened in club finals where they tweak the kit slightly so both teams can wear yeah it, it it
2: it doesn't happen a huge amount but it it's pleasing to uh to to someone like me when it does happen. Uh yeah there was an All Ireland club final. Uh just for people who mightn't be familiar with it, generally the counties are the the big the big thing. Um but every player plays for their local club as well. And there's each county has a club championship and the winners of all the club championships progress to the All Ireland club championship. Um, as opposed to, to the proper All Ireland Championship where counties play. And in the All Ireland Club final in 2013, there was the Dublin Champions and um, Ballymun were playing uh, St Bridget's from Roscommon. And Ballymun have red jerseys with a green hoop, green shorts. The socks don't really matter because most players wear their socks around their ankles. Uh, so much so that there's companies now just producing, just basically socks that go just up to the ankles in club colours. Uh, and St Bridget's were green jerseys with red, a good bit of red trim, white shorts. And initially, the GA said that the teams would have to wear their county colours because there was a clash. Which it was actually surprising that they decreed that there was a clash because. Far worse has been allowed to mm. to to go ahead with both in their normal kits, and I think Barry Moon then offered to actually wear white jerseys, which was agreeable. But then they went away and thought about it more, and they said, "What if we wear red shorts and have a narrower green hoop?" <laughs> and that was uh, that it would work perfectly because the amount of green complete error uh, was drastically reduced and the overall clash was non-existent whereas with the larger green hoop and the green shorts and the, Those two colors going up against each other is it would have been a, a real eyesore Um, And I think it would have been horrendous for colorblind people because I think red and green are the colors that they uh, yeah, get them, with.
1: yeah, most difficult to, to distinguish
2: yeah. I think yeah uh, just kind of on that, there was an American football game a few weeks ago. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I think, against the New York Jets, uh, and they were playing on a Thursday night. And the NFL are doing this stupid thing that they call the color rush. Is is it's, it's uh, basically on the Thursday night games? They are they have teams playing each other in their traditional colors. Whereas normally, in most American sports, one team wears a light-coloured jersey, like the World Cup, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the colour rush, they're not even their normal jerseys. Um, So teams are wearing generally the same colour pants as their jerseys and the same helmets. So uh, they just look like Power Rangers, basically. (laughs) Uh, And the New York Jets are green. And the Buffalo Bills are normally blue and white, but red is their third colour. And they wore an all-red uniform for that game. And so it was all green against all red. And they wore a white helmets, And colourblind people just could not distinguish at all.
1: Is this is this something that is, I'd imagine this has come up on... What's the website? Is it UniWatch or something?
2: Exactly, yeah. That's where I go for my fix. So yeah. I'm actually just sending you the link to that there. Okay. And, uh, the um because we're um multimedia here at the design football podcast
1: yeah we'll pop that on there and the so, so this again you're going to say the same thing that this isn't something the idea of changing the changing the jersey just for a final and making a hoop narrow, narrower and changing a detail of the jersey that's something yeah. that in you could come out in football and say well that's not that's not something that's that's going to be practical practicable on a a weekly basis or or even on occasion you you've got your kit and this is the kit you wear for the season yeah. and you're not going to change it but again if it can happen in in GAA which essentially is still amateur yeah then you would say it could happen in football and the you wouldn't want it to happen every week you don't want a team changing what the makeup of their kit makeup of their say their first choice kit every week but we yeah. had a competition on um, on the website on Design Football and it was to say in the cup final the ideal yeah. scenario is is both teams to wear their home kit and could you amend, or as close
2: as possible yeah
1: yeah or as close to it as possible could you yeah. amend it was, it the was home a great kits? idea for a competition yeah I think it, I can't the bloke who came up with that idea must be a genius yeah. and um, it was Jay, Everybody, <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was right, and the it worked out fantastically. So you had the the main one for me was Liverpool against Sunderland in the ninety two final. Yeah, and, and they're they're two sides that it's only at a push that one of them would have to change. Would you agree?
2: It, that's what I was saying earlier, kind of with the Newcastle Leeds um, example, that if you. Ramp up the white and tone down the red in Sunderland's kit. All red is not a problem against it. By the same token, if you made the Sunderland red stripes fatter and basically sort of red with white pinstripes, they can play a team in all white,
1: no problems. Mm-hmm. So, so the issue in 92 with Liverpool and Sunderland was that Sunderland's kit was, I take it was, red and white stripes on the shirt uh, black shorts and what colour socks? They had red socks that season. Red socks that season. Uh, yeah. But Liverpool that season had it was the Adidas equipment season so they had yeah. a red shirt but with big white stripes on it and same obnoxious
2: shirt. white stripes
1: they described as. Well that's one way of looking at it. And then on yeah. the socks the there were big white tops on them as well. So there's a yeah, huge amount the, of white. The, the, the 2
2: teams' socks were pretty much identical, actually. Sunderland had red socks, with white tops that season. Just as a point so,
1: of info. Yeah, there's... So, so there was a similarity that season. You can see why one of the teams had to change. And it was yeah. Sunderland who changed. Um, but it could have been avoidable. Especially as Liverpool, in that final, wore a one-off shirt. Yeah, as you like to... I think, we'll probably a one-off kit as well. I think the shorts probably changed as well because the material would have been different. But oh, yeah. That's, that's super geeky. But Liverpool did mm-hmm. wear a one-off shirt, which was a cross between the 91-92 season shirt and the 92-93 season shirt. Yeah. Um, so if they were going to do that, if they were going to wear a one-off shirt anyway, then they could have amended that, certainly, to allow there not to need to be a, a change of kit from anyone. And both teams could have worn their home their home Yeah, campus. your oh,
2: yeah. your solution was just that uh, Adidas tried to just be outlined in white, mm. wasn't
1: it? It, it wasn't my solution. I think it was an entrant to the competition, but they, yeah, they. Are they... you
2: sure? I thought you first floated this idea on a Football Attic, R.I.P. podcast in twenty twelve. <laughs> you should go back and listen to it. I think you did mention that.
1: Oh, did I? May- well, maybe. And I... then
2: because you mentioned it, someone just basically said to take that idea and just visualise it for you.
1: Yeah. Are you suggesting that someone listen to that podcast? That's, <laughs> that's, that's I think you might have mentioned this in the introduction to
2: the competition.
1: Ah, oh, okay. So they just read what I wrote as yeah. they were entering the competition. Um, and okay. we're just trying to be teacher's pet. Oh, well that's, that's, that's an honour in itself. I'll take it yeah. however it comes. Okay. So that is, uh, kit clashes talked about in great detail. Uh, Probably not enough detail for you though Am I right? Oh well there's never enough Can I just say
2: um, <laughs> That i just spotted a little bit of news Although it won't be news by the time this goes out But Man City are going to wear all black at Arsenal on Monday night I've just checked on the Arsenal website Because Arsenal do this thing They, it's, it's, they do it for me, I'm convinced That they Four or five days before a game They put up what the two teams, the two goalkeepers, and the referee will be wearing on their website, um, with terribly drawn illustrations, uh, considering the resources at their disposal. But it's still nice. So Man City will be wearing all black mm. uh, on Monday, because you're listening to this on Christmas Day, you know that they wore all black in their foreign defeat at the Emirates.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was very disappointed to see Manchester City. Uh, wearing all black in, in their defeat yeah. of Arsenal the other night. Yeah. Um um just also um like obviously red and white against Sky
2: Blue isn't the clash. Arsenal often do wear their away kit at Man City but they wear their away kit at everyone really. Um but in maybe nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine, Man City wore an all Yellow kit at Highbury and Arsenal won four 0 like they did last Monday night. And the Peter what was his name Peter Swales?
1: The Man City chairman actually burned the yellow kit and it was never worn again. Okay, well, I I didn't know that, so I'm gonna yeah. l- look into that. Um, there uh, a ju- ju-
2: just to check uh, Arsenal against Newcastle uh, on January second. Peter Peter Check will be wearing pretty much the same colour as the referee. I'm not sure if that's of interest. It's, and, it's of oh, interest. he will be as well at Southampton on the
1: 20th tomorrow. Okay, that that is of interest, to, to me, yeah. certainly. Like. And, just finally,
2: I know I'm meant to get away from the clashes, in that game tomorrow, on the 26th, Southampton will have dark shorts, Southampton goalie will have dark shorts, Arsenal will have dark shorts, and the referee will have dark shorts, and all of those will also have dark socks, except for Southampton who have red socks. So, I, surely, Southampton goalie will have to change to white socks against Arsenal's dark socks. But, that's just me being, you know,
1: I, I would like to say, and this this could just be food for thought, we're not going to discuss this, but this is the order in which kit should be chosen. The home outfield players should be able to choose their kit first, in effect. Uh, then that should be followed by the away side outfield kit, so yeah. to make sure that doesn't clash with the home team. Then it should be the away goalkeeper. Then it yeah. should be the official's and to make sure they don't clash with anything and they really are secondary or tertiary to the whole process so they the officials should really be making sure that they don't clash with other people rather than the other way around but then finally the home goalkeeper should be changing dependent on whatever else has gone on because that's the easiest scenario he will he will have other goalkeeper shirts around and and that kind of thing rather than um, an away goalkeeper that they probably brought one set of kit for, but that's that's something that people can talk about. You you can yeah. tweet us if you don't. Like agree with them. The, the
2: actual state of affairs is that the home goalkeeper is third in line at the moment.
1: Is that after officials? Is it all...
2: no? it's, all right, it's okay. just home away home goalkeeper away goalkeeper officials.
1: So officials are last currently. Yeah. Why? Why don't they put more effort into making sure they don't clash with people then?
2: because oh, they're morons. They
1: can't start the clashes between the teams. So. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Okay, yeah. the the other thing that you've given the internet, or you've given the internet, so much, and I, we're so grateful. Uh, the other one of the other, happy to do it. <laughs> the, one of the other major things is uh, the squad numbers blog. Yeah, I, okay. I think.
2: Uh, I, I think I'll probably uh put the Squad Numbers blog as part of the Museum of Jersey's Empire really, because numbers are on jerseys, so Okay, uh, well that hopefully yeah. by the time anyone's listening to this, the Museum of Jerseys dot com website will be actually there with okay. the links to all the four sites. So
1: Okay. Well uh yeah, That's I, just an aside again. I do hope you've uh, you've purchased the museum of Jerseys dot com <laughs> yeah, yeah, <yeah>. domain name. <laughs> that's yeah. the main well, I you was going
2: to go that. first with uh, the Jersey's museum, and then I was thinking, you would probably just get a lot of people visiting it, um,
1: looking for shit about Bergerac. <laughs> or, did, uh, or Nazi memorabilia. Did did the Nazis not make it to Jersey? Oh, did they? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Perhaps. I might be wrong about that. Apologies if I am. Um, apologies <laughs> to everyone from Jersey. Interesting. Do you know what they called um, the shirts that Australian rules players wear?
2: Yeah, Guernseys. <laughs>
1: Fantastic stuff. They, they call okay. them
2: Guernseys or jumpers, which seems odd as well.
1: Uh, okay, well, I like I like the Guernseys thing.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure. And and the Irish, well, the, in the Irish language, Gaelic, uh it's Gansey. G e okay. a n s a i, and then a, and an accent over the i.
1: Is is that is that an island off the coast of Ireland?
2: No, I presume it's just uh, a gaelicisation of Guernsey. There's a link there, I'd imagine.
1: Okay. All right, well, that's uh, more food for thought. (laughs) Exactly. The point you've just made there um, is something I want to talk to you about. So you you say, obviously, Museum of Jerseys, squad numbers and... and Yeah. They are called shirt numbers for a reason. Um, How does it affect the aesthetic for you what number and name firstly appears on a shirt? Does it devalue or enhance the value of a shirt for you?
2: A little bit, I suppose. It wouldn't be something that I take a huge uh, interest in. It seems odd, I suppose. But yeah, if a number looks terrible, then obviously it just it does devalue slightly. If a font just looks wrong, but I I just like my fonts to be fairly simple and. Easily visible because in my day job as a journalist, it's important to know which players are which when I'm covering a game. Um, so it's just nice and solid really, I suppose. Like the current Premier League font, I like. Um, it's just a bit more bulked up than its predecessor, um, which I was never a massive fan of. But in saying that, then the best font ever uh, is the one Ireland had at World Cup 90. But they were about ten years behind all the other LS countries. But that's just a complete nostalgia thing.
1: Yeah, the <sighs> Okay. What about if a number is terrible in your mind? Does that devalue a shit?
2: Yeah, yeah slightly like. Um or if, if the colour is wrong. Um it it for me, really the the visibility is more important than the aesthetic. Um, Like, I, in the current Arsenal third kit, which isn't jinxed anymore now that they beat uh, Olympiacos, the number is the, whatever the shade of blue is, I think Capri Breeze is the official <laughs> uh name put on it by Puma. The number on the back of the shirt is that colour, and the numbers on the shorts are gold, even though the shirt and the shorts are the same colour. So I'm not sure why, why they did that, really.
1: But that's fantastic, isn't it? Do you not like that? Different numbers on the same colour garments on the same kit? Well, no. The, what they're actually doing is is looking at the proportions of the colour on the shirt because you've got the three bars at the bottom of the shirt and yeah. you're, you're actually increasing the gold because you've already increased the blue. So it's to balance it out again, I would have thought, which I didn't even know that was the case, but that's... That's brilliant. Mm, I
2: think we'd we'll have to agree to differ on this
1: one. Uh, uh, well, wouldn't be the first time. The, the what I'm also getting at is, is a shirt devalued for you if it has a stupid number on the back? Uh, as in a stupid-looking number or a stupidly high number? <laughs> well, you you <laughs> assume that that uh high goes hand in hand with stupid but yeah. is that the case like, well, uh, well uh, if you see someone wearing
2: 74 he's clearly a knob. <laughs>
1: but i did, uh, well i i would disagree with that what about 29
2: uh well 29 is it's it's on the border i think uh i i love uh spanish league because they limit squads to 25 and they say to clubs, you have you can pick twenty five players numbered them one to twenty five, and the B team players can wear higher numbers if need needs be, but they're never stupidly high. And they even they go a little bit further and they say and the goalkeepers must be one thirteen and twenty five. Um, but twenty nine is it's okay. I know you have an affinity with it. Uh, it's better than thirty nine, which for some reason became a real craze among. Uh,
1: arsehole strikers there for a while yeah this is uh, Nicola Anelka wears um, or ha- did wear 39 he's probably retired now but he's uh, yeah Craig, Craig Bellamy also Craig Bellamy as well yeah I'd, I'd forgotten about him so yeah and there there's they even wore them in I think in international friendlies and maybe even qualifiers.
2: Yeah, and Elke and Elke would wear them in friendlies, but then had to wear between one and twenty-three for competitive games. Ah, really?
1: Okay, so, so World Cup qualifiers yeah. and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So he didn't wear thirty-nine against. Did he play against Ireland in the playoff thing? He scored the goal at Pro
2: Park, um, and he I think he wore number eight or nine. Okay. I'll, I'll actually try and check there.
1: Maybe, maybe they, I they maybe thought. I saw half of his. Uh, Half of his leg, and and just assumed he was wearing his <laughs> usual yeah, no, the usual thing. Yeah,
2: no, UEFA and FIFA in those ones, they let you wear whatever number you want between one and twenty-three. Okay. Um, like the squad, the squad must be numbered one to twenty-three for every game, which is, it's a bit silly, really, isn't it?
1: Um. Well,
2: I yeah, yeah I, Elka I... wore nine in in He wore nine. Yeah, in both games. In both games, in okay. in in uh, in Park, just to go back to the clashes, uh, France wore all blue, uh, even though there was no need to change the socks. But it just they felt obviously it created a better look than blue, blue, red. The but sorry numbers.
1: The um, I mean, uh, for many years France were wearing all blue. I think maybe his first choice. Even though they they marketed the kits as blue, white, red, yeah, but Euro bit... two
2: thousand and eight, like they were all blue against Romania, who were in all yellow, and mm. uh, they could have worn a normal kit, but... yeah,
1: yeah, they chose to wear all blue for a while, um, yeah. But as we've discussed, they they seem to be going. Oh, oh, oh well, we'll we'll discuss that maybe another day. But the, it looks like for the Euros they're going to be wearing blue, blue, red, um, which is oh different. yeah. If, if you if you're hosting copying the copying the rugby team, ah, is that is that the rugby team wears that?
2: They generally do, yeah.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Um, not not at the moment though, but um, yeah, if you're hosting the tournament, wear your proper kit.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. That you wear wear your historic uh, historic yeah. traditional kit. I would have thought, but so that's crazy that they're going to wear blue shorts because it doesn't even look good. But apparently yeah. that's the new that's a new push from maybe the manufacturers we're not really sure but um okay so also in the museum of jerseys you have corkcitykits.com yeah. now that would sound like just a labor of love for yourself because you're a cork city fan from the area and so on but could you explain to us why it's so much more than that uh...
0: introducing wonder from bluehost.com website creation is hard Switching to Shopify helps you sell smarter at every stage of your business. Take full control of your brand with your own custom online store.
2: Wow, looks amazing.
0: Find more customers with our easy to use marketing tools. Piece of cake. And let the best converting checkout on the planet do its thing. Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Switch to Shopify today for a $1 a month trial at shopify.com listen, shopify.com listen.
2: And um, because uh, when Cork City were set up in 1984 they had Adidas kits basically if you can imagine if you can remember the QPR kits from the mid 80s uh, where they had Adidas kits hoop shirts with, with nice fat hoops with, with red in between the hoops and Guinness sponsoring them and Cork City's kit was pretty much identical. Except that it was green instead of blue, and they even had Guinness sponsoring them. I think uh, like they were a new club. Cork had has had kind of a patchy history with league clubs, um, and they tended to come and go. So this was another another incarnation, and I think I presume Guinness got on board because Guinness obviously is famous stout, and it's based in Dublin. But in Cork, there's Murphy's and Beamish. And I think Guinness were just kind of, you know, just getting one up on their rivals by sponsoring the Cork team. And it just, it looked brilliant. And you see, the kits were actually made in Cork because there was a company, the Adidas' Irish distributor at the time was a company called Tree Stripe International. And the fact that they were made locally and the fact that one of the guys involved, a man by the name of Tony O'Sullivan, worked for Tree Stripe so basically it gave them a nice bit of leeway in terms of what to wear uh, what to wear that they were able to just create their own alias designs really um, or modify the ones that were out there um, so it provides a great uh, a great array of kits worn in the 13 years that they had alias before they switched to um, Sorry, 15 years before they switched to the sportif in 1999. Uh, an example is that City won the league in 1993 and they had, similar to what Liverpool had at the time, with the over-the-shoulder stripes that I previously described as obnoxious, it was a white <laughs> shirt with green stripe, red stripe, green stripe, and green shorts with matching stripes coming up from the corner of the, the leg, uh, white, green, white. Um, But that kit had actually started out in August of 1991 uh, With those stripes continuing all the way across the shirt and ending up down at the bottom left corner similar but different to Arsenal's away kit from 93-94 but uh, uh, The the shirt was modified twice during the 91-92 season Um, first there was Uh, a break in the stripes to allow the Guinness to be more visible and then they were cut off before reaching the Guinness to create what looks very like that Liverpool kit or what Marseille had when they won the Champions League but uh, if you are a complete nerd and compare them you'll notice that the stripes are at a slightly different angle yeah so that's one example so go to my site (laughs) corkscitykids.com and just uh, Marvel in all of the different variations which I have lovingly recorded, and yeah. it did not affect my mental health
1: one bit putting that together. The um, it is a fascinating website, and you do have that whole Adidas period. The, one of the most famous shirts is obviously the um, the West Germany styled shirt. That, yeah, puts... yeah, it's, it's the best but, ever, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know, know, you put well, we like... put Germany as the best ever, but. You, you, be not a fish. <laughs> yeah. The well, it, the problem with it with it is that it's derivative and it would be difficult to make a derivative shirt class it as better than, than the Germany one. But no, yeah. I, I prefer the Germany one. I'll I'll will i I'll say that, but I did fight very, very hard to get the Cork City one into the fifty greatest football shirts ever. So Yeah. Um it, oh, that's pretty serious. Well yeah, but I mean on the podcast it was described as your choice, which you would. I don't think you would put it in there, would you? Would you put it in there? In the top fifty? Yeah. I suppose
2: with Germany there, it is kind of just samey. But I, I do love it. It is. It's probably my favorite. Well, I do love the Germany one as well. To be fair. Mm. So they're both up there.
1: Joint first. Joint. Joint first. That's not the official. Yeah. Result. Everyone gets a medal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone should visit that website as uh, as. Dennis immodestly yeah.
2: said the, 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 the Cork City shirt Was worn in a, Was it House Martins Or was it Beautiful South
1: I think it's Beautiful South Isn't
2: it Yeah A video a Yeah The guitarist Or the drummer Or, or a- it is. And it was It was very popular At the time um, It In if, if any of the listeners Remember the adverts In shoot Where you'd see all these Exotic European shirts um, uh, Just basically a full-page ad with shirts from all over the world and Cork City featured regularly with that kit. And I think just that it looked so well and with the Guinness sponsorship just really set it off and it, it sold brilliantly. And nowadays, Cork City play in a primarily green Nike teamwear shirt mm. with no uh, imagination whatsoever when they could just be redoing this one every few years and it would be great.
1: Yeah, it the the most recent seasons on the website are a li- little bit disappointing because they are just, uh, or certainly some of them are just team wear ranges and and yeah. there's uh, there have been financial problems and the the club sort of went and maybe came back in some form and it, the website <laughs> will probably explained that to a certain extent. <laughs> it's not something. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I know. You're you're being very diplomatic here now because <laughs> you know that.
2: If if you say it's the same club, then i will pull you up on Rangers. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> you, you're like a politician, you know, and leave yourself open. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> um, the, the there are other kits. It's not just the Adidas years that that are, that is fascinating on that website. There are things that went on with Lecoq Sportif with. Um, the Guinness kits. What what actually happened with the Guinness socks? Did it ever happen, or it never? They, they should no. Have... It should have
2: happened. It, it was just a complete lack of uh, whatever. Uh, the the kit was primarily cream with black trim. The shirt, very like Charlton's away kit in ninety eight ninety nine. This mm-hmm. was the season later, and it was like that, and slightly different, and black shorts and black socks and it it should seem obvious that the black socks would have cream tops turnovers so that it would look like a pint of guinness great marketing but never done i think london irish did do something like that they had guinness sponsoring them too and even though their shirts were green they wore black shorts and guinness style socks like that but city never did it Mm, which is a great pity
1: yeah it it is when yeah it yeah Maybe they did. Maybe it was conscious. Maybe it was. Um, it was that would be a step too far to actually do it. We've we've already put the kit in the in the colours of Guinness. It would be a step too far. Yeah, to, well, I don't know. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe You're that getting is... into Coventry Talbot, um, dimensions.
1: Yeah. Oh, I suppose there is an element of that in there in the kit itself, in the kit even existing. Yeah. But um, yeah. But then you. I mean, they Coventry. Tolbert didn't make the socks into the shape of a car, for example. <laughs> but they, they really that should have done. Quite the achievement. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they could have played around with with some uh, shin pad shapes to to create that. I I want to do that now. I might speak to some people. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, and then just after the
2: Coxportive City had O'Neill's, um, and the thing about the O'Neill's years was just as in. With their GA offerings, just that there were so many different variations of kits. It's like that when O'Neill's would produce a new batch, that they wouldn't have had all the details of previous batches, so they just kind of wing it slightly, <laughs> and there'd just be little uh, little differences, which again are are kind of pleasing in a loush fashion.
1: The uh wasn't there an issue with the socks where some players had a different hoop? To the socks, yeah, exactly. That's a prime example that the socks
2: were like the mid 90s Adidas with the three hoops. Um, and there were white socks with a red hoop, a green hoop, and a red hoop, but some socks were the opposite with two green hoops and one red one in the middle.
1: And both styles would be worn in the same match. Is that that <laughs> isn't there a picture of the players celebrating where you can see them when they're wearing different socks? Yeah, yeah. It, I think I linked to it on the website. You linked site. to it, on the yeah, it Okay, sense. so yeah, check that out. That is quite funny. Um, also, as well as being a Cork City fan, and this is pretty standard in Ireland, you it is. have, you have a, an English team that you support as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, we, well, I, I, suppose, I suppose a lot
2: of people in Ireland don't even have the local team. They just follow an English team. So, and I, and I, Celtic. I just, Everyone uh, in
1: Ireland supports Celtic. Uh. They used to anyway, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think that might be a fallacy. Um, the so Arsenal is your team in the Premier League, yeah, um, which we may have alluded to earlier. Uh, <laughs> There's Arsenal were are noted in noted for their importance in terms of kits and so on for lots of different reasons, which often contradictory because they're a a trendsetter also being an anachronism in some ways. Um, Yeah. So let's start with Herbert Chapman. So give us a little bit of background to him.
2: Well, he was obviously the man who made Arsenal great. Um, I'm actually reading the biography that Patrick Barclay wrote about him at the moment, but it's one of about seven books I'm reading, so I haven't made much headway. But yeah, he was... He was regarded as a great thinker about the game and about how to gain advantages uh and just basically you know just how to win so like he 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 came up well he he didn't invent the wm formation but he certainly perfected it and that helped arsenal to become successful in the 30s uh and he was uh floodlights were, were a thing that he tried to bring in uh short numbering again he didn't he wasn't the first to do it, but he tried to push it but uh uh in his in his lifetime uh it didn't really kind of come to pass but um and as well what he was big on was players being able to see each other easily on the pitch and in his own career, I think he wore white or yellow boots I can't remember which but it was just uh it was kind of related to that and he he wanted Arsenal to have hooped socks and initially uh they couldn't find red and white hoop socks that wouldn't run in the wash so they actually wore navy and white hoops because he just felt that uh if a player was just looking up and needed to kind of get a pass off quickly it would just age the, the visibility if he looked up and saw a hoop sock and then in 1932, yeah, he was friendly with a um, Daily Mail cartoonist by the name of Tom Webster, who coincidentally, uh, like Arsenal's playmaker at the time was a guy called Alex James, who was very short. And to really emphasize this, Tom Webster used to draw him in his cartoons wearing massive shorts. And Alex James actually started wearing Baggy or short as a result of that. And he himself and Chapman were good friends. And Tom Webster had been playing golf with the Chelsea chairman, Claude Kirby. And Tom Webster showed up to this game of golf wearing a blue sleeveless sweater over a white polo shirt. Um or maybe it was a normal shirt at the time they were. Uh, but Claude Kirby looked at his friend and said that would be a great kit for Chelsea. And he said it to the Chelsea manager, Dave Calderhead. And Dave Calderhead flat out refused. I don't know if a manager would get away with that nowadays. But Webster mentioned this to Herbert Chapman. Um, They were at a hotel in Sheffield. I forget kind of why they were there. But Herbert Chapman kind of thought this would be a great look for, for the Arsenal. And... Uh, I think he actually got Tom Webster to send out for red ink so that he could draw this concept on a napkin or whatever, and they got permission from the FA to have this as their kit. But it wasn't, it wasn't until March nineteen thirty three that uh it was actually worn for the first time. And what they did was, uh, Herbert Chapman ordered ten uh red sleeveless. Uh, sweaters and the first few times that the look was seen it was basically these sleeveless sweaters over the Arsenal white away shirts Mm -hmm. so it was you know not conducive at all to playing football you'd imagine but eventually they started wearing proper shirts but apparently uh, when they would be washed uh, the sleeves would be taken off the shirts so and washed separately to prevent running and then stitched back on after the wash.
1: Yeah. Um so that that is a good clarification of, of that particular story because there's so many different versions of that yeah. going around. And I think that's that one's pretty accurate. I've got it wrong many, many times. So uh, <laughs> thank you for sorting that one out. You're, you're um, welcome. The the I mean the the fascinating thing you mentioned earlier was because I, I read this the other day, that Herbert Chapman wore... There was a conversation on one of the groups that I'm involved with on, um, on Facebook. And someone said, who was the first player to wear white boots? And I think someone mentioned a Derby player. And obviously the answer comes back, it was Alan Ball, who started wearing them yeah. in the 70s or something. And then the comment came, it was Herbert Chapman when he was playing. And I looked yeah. at that and I thought, my instant well, reaction Spores, was... As far as I
2: think, ironically... Ah, uh-huh. right. so I suppose incidentally, really, because we overuse
1: ironic. We going to do what Alanis Morissette. <laughs> on a Maybe um, yeah. the some of those things might have been ironic. Um, the, the I thought it was a joke when I read it. I thought it was a very, very funny joke. I actually thought, well, <laughs> because he's known as a pioneer, you, yeah. you're taking it back. Say, what? What are we talking? This we're we talking fifty the early years days. earlier. Yeah. So uh, seventy years earlier, I'd say. So seventy years, yeah, yeah. So, so say sixty years earlier, you, you're saying that forget who you thought, and it's it's almost like, um, it's a bit like Marty McFly inventing rock and roll, or <laughs> it, or yeah, what's what's there's or. Or that that guy in uh, Goodnight Sweetheart, like, writing a load of Beatles songs in... Oh, in yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah. what it feels like, and it's the suggestion that that's what he was doing way, way be, before anyone else was doing it, or or Da Vinci inventing a helicopter. It's, like, s- such a crazy... Yeah.
2: So you think Alan Ball went back in time and met Harbour Chapman?
1: Um, No. But it is fascinating that that he was such a pioneer throughout that period, yeah, and and, and yeah, earlier he... than I'd even thought, and such a big impact on kit design. Because I mean, coloured boots have only really come about. People thought that it was John Barnes in like the okay, yeah, in the mid nineties. But you, you're talking like a a century before almost that that yeah. players had. Had started or one player, one person in particular had started doing it. So it's, yeah, it really is a pioneer like that. I, I the must other thing, though, I, I
2: think there might have been yellow uh, rather than white. That's just one. Well,
1: but it's more. it's still a a contrast to
2: whatever oh, the norm course. was at the yeah. time. Uh, I, by the way, I hold it as a, a badge of honor that I've I've never taken to a field wearing anything other than black boots.
1: Well, yeah, but that, I, that's that's good. But I I don't know if that if you have a moral high ground on that basis.
2: I I think I do, but, but I, I think I have a moral high ground on a lot of things.
1: Um, The other thing, and moving on a little bit from Herbert Chapman, is the Arsenal sleeves rule. Are you able to explain that to us as well?
2: Yeah, it's it's one that I think a lot of people mistakenly attribute to Chapman. But... Um, Obviously, it's not. It wasn't him because there was no such thing as short sleeve shirts in the nineteen thirties. It's actually Bertie Me who instigated it uh, in the sixties. Um, that be, because Arsenal have contrasting sleeves, it would affect the overall look. I think to see players wearing a mix of long and short. So what they decided was that the captain um would make his choice before a game and whatever he picked everyone else would go along with. And this thing came to prominence in 2013 when Matthew Flamini uh cut his sleeves off for a couple of games. And uh it drew drew some controversy. Controversy as I say, but uh, I think we know what the word is. Um, and like by and large, it has been adhered to, uh, except for though Flamini's uh exception and a, a couple of other ones just brought up by necessity more than anything, really. Um, but it's—I think it's a nice tradition anyway, and it sets Arsenal apart in terms of the sartorial stakes. And it, it just—it looks nice to see
1: everyone wearing the same. I think. Um, I'm—I'm I'm not 100% sure that it the 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 reasons behind it are fantastic, and there's a tradition there and so on. But I'm not sure in practice it actually works out that way because players still do something. Wasn't there a player who? Sorry, you may have just said the. Was there a player that that used to roll up his sleeves or something? Brian, is it Brian? Brian Talbot. Talbot. Yeah. So he had to get special disp- dispensation from the captain to roll up his sleeves or something, did he? Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, but. Since him, there have been players who would roll up their sleeves and not, you know. I I think he just was going over and above what was required, really. <laughs> uh,
1: Lee Dixon used to roll up his sleeves as Lee well. Lee Dixon think.
2: was. I was gonna say, yeah, uh, he does or he did. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the. And in his first spell, family often did it. So I don't know how he forgot or whatever when he came out.
1: Well, no, he didn't forget. He just decided I don't care. The um. For me, because there are those things, it it does take away this uniform look that is supposed to be there. I I wonder whether... We talk about 1% and so on, and sort of getting that 1% advantage. If you're saying to your players, you can't even wear the shirt that you want to wear, so you're wearing everything to your your taste. And I don't know if the Arsenal players do it, but a lot of players cut off the, the foot of their socks and they wear those special knobbly bits inside. Oh yeah. Is do Arsenal players do that? Are they allowed to do that? I'm not sure. I
2: presume Ben used to do it because at the World Cup, remember he had to he had to get a marker and and uh, colour in the white bit red, didn't he? So I presume he probably did it for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, on the tape. Yeah. So there are so many different. Different preferences that players have to say to them you have to wear the type of shirt that we want you to wear, it seems a little bit outdated now, especially with the different combinations of base layer or no undershirt or uh, long sleeve shirts, yeah. short sleeve shirt.
2: But are you not just kind of saying, okay, guys, you're a team, so you're all in this together, so yeah all the same? But
1: does that give you the advantage, or does that take it? take it away. It's it's the balance between Well, the Arsenal
2: the Arsenal motto translates as victory through harmony, so harmony comes from everyone being the same.
1: Fabulous. That is I just I just spitballing here. With yeah, well that's th- I think that that sums it up perfectly. And and indeed that also could be the motto of this podcast. <laughs> Perhaps we've we we've we we've finally found hands. Yeah, it's it's incredible yeah. that that's happened. Um, the y- there is a, a a third element to the the trinity of um. Oh no, we, we said that the squad numbers was in there as well, so there's four. But the the Museum of the Genesis also includes internationalrugbyshirts.com dot com. Is that yeah. right? Uh We'll we'll talk about that on another day because I do want to dedicate a podcast to rugby as a whole because it is fantastic um the influence it's had on football um yeah but just finally as it is christmas day uh have you received <laughs> anything kit related that you want to discuss or is there or you have you not got round to opening your presents yet uh uh no I okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, was there anything
2: yeah so i still don't know uh but a few days ago I, I yeah, I did tweet a picture of the full Arsenal nineteen nineteen ninety one kit that I found on eBay. Although it was I think it's the size of medium, so a medium from back then would probably be a very tight fit now. But all things be equal, that's something I would love. Just it, it it's it's really impossible to convey the feelings that seeing that kit evokes. Because it was my first year uh, watching football, my first season the 1990 World Cup was the first time so I'd also love the full Ireland home and away kits because that was the first jersey I actually got, the Ireland home with a number 4 on the back in the proper uh, number font with the, the three three stripes because Nick McCarthy was my favourite player because he was the captain but um, so yeah, the, the, full, uh, the full Ireland 1990 home and away kits I'd love and the Arsenal 1990-91 it. so the, just in case anyone wants to, that,
1: the, the, wants to send that yeah so if they that would be like a, a new year's present or something or the the spanish approach i think is to give presents later so oh yeah, oh, yeah. They, they maybe maybe yeah we yeah, hold out hope for those they could be under your tree you never know maybe yeah um I, so uh i
2: think yeah i i don't really buy uh football shorts anymore so it's more of i nostalgia thing I do occasionally buy shorts just um, for when I go running because I work out <laughs> you know, yeah just, just to get that in there yeah
1: um, yeah so the, the way <laughs> how do you know if someone has been to the gym then <laughs> yeah the, the way to if you are interested in um, the very buff Dennis Hurley then he, he's married he's mentioned he's married but he's still putting himself yeah. out there uh, just the way to his heart is the full Arsenal kit from from 1990 yeah. so just get him that um that how about, how about you? Have you any? Uh, any I well wishes. The other day, um, the other Saturday, last Saturday, let's call it that, was actually my birthday, and I. I oh, happy birthday! <laughs> yeah, play belatedly, play. um, <laughs> <laughs> and I did actually receive, uh, surprisingly, the we we I've checked the labeling, and we're not actually going to call it the Paris Agarment base layer, but um. Okay. Uh, the pink, the pink one. one with the black sleeves, yeah. So that is a, a moment in football history that I now own. And I will also maybe wear it, when I'm working out, I will wear it to go okay. running in or something. Uh, something. And will you wear it under a black T-shirt that you have um, drilled holes in? <laughs> Yes, exactly that. That's exactly what I will do um, to show the full pink through. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I it is difficult to know what to wear it with now that I've got it. I I will have to work yeah. that out I'm not going to buy a Paris Saint-Germain shirt that's for sure but this this is an interesting thing that um, there is no Paris Saint-Germain branding on it whatsoever not on the labels not on the actual the items so it they are creating these things specific to a club and they've done it before with, with yeah. Manchester United and Barcelona but they are looking at a wider market in terms of the, the marketing of it so it's it's not they're yeah. not trying to limit the sales to supporters of the club that's a an interesting element um yeah but this is an argument i had with people because i said that that celtic should have hooped base layers and the answer i got back from someone yeah. at nike was no one wants to buy a a hooped base layer no one will want that and and i it confused and the answer is that you want to well buy it. the answer is that i want to buy it of course but the the thinking behind that is that well it's not a product that suits a purpose it's a product that we need to sell and clearly that it's not even a product that they just want to sell to to fans of that club or or let's say a, a pub team that happens to wear hoops on a sunday but you it is a, a yeah. an item that should be worn a fitness item let's say so you you've got a you can't be um you can't be selling yourself short in that respect i suppose but and would would the body of that face
2: there be hooped as well
1: no, you wouldn't. You would have you would have okay. the hoops and they would diminish as it goes further up the sleeve in the same way that the black okay. diminishes on this, this yeah. base layer that I've just received. And okay. then the rest will be just plain white. You always have the you should always yeah. have the lighter colour as the as the main body of a base layer. So okay. it doesn't show through a light shirt. Just a, a base layer tip there for you. Yeah. And but
2: by, by the way, the Arsenal players are allowed to wear base layers when they wear long sleeves. Yeah,
1: and uh Ramsey, for example, rolls up the sleeve. Yeah, slightly,
2: yeah. Pulls it up to halfway up his lower arm. And if you're
1: talking about uniformity, uh, now that you've brought it up, if some players are wearing short sleeves and other players with long sleeves, all the players with short sleeves, if they wore a white base layer, it wouldn't wouldn't be a problem. They'd look probably as good as they look now.
2: Yeah, but they'd be wearing short sleeves because they wouldn't want their lower parts of their arms covered, so wearing a base layer with the short sleeves with the feet. Not
1: necessarily. The players wear... Ba- a base layer is a second skin. A shirt isn't necessarily a second skin.
2: Yeah, perhaps. Um, I that's... wonder what Wayne Rooney wore last Saturday because I haven't seen the pictures from that game yet. But earlier in the season, he was wearing long sleeves a bit and he seems to have stopped before he got injured. Um, So, I'm wondering... But this what is, the rationale was behind
1: that. Well, the reason why Rooney was wearing long sleeves is because it's the first season that he's been able to wear long sleeves for Manchester United for years because there weren't any yeah. Nike long sleeve shirts produced for players.
2: Yeah, but what I mean is that before he got injured, he was back to wearing short sleeves with a base there.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but he's. I think his, his time has passed anyway.
2: Yeah, um, and and but by the way, I actually thought momentarily the other night I just had a bit of a brain fart watching Leicester and Chelsea. Uh, I just I Costa was wearing long sleeves, and I just when I got a glance at him, I thought he was the captain just because of the way that Chelsea design looks mm. on a long sleeve shirt.
1: It's, with, it, uh,
2: it's a it's cr- hoops
1: yeah, it's a crazy design because it's got the three stripes that run below on those yeah. oh, those bands, so it looks like and it, it, maybe it doesn't even it might even have a flap over the the bottom part I think seat. it does I think that's par for the course with the S long sleeve yeah well interesting um, okay well this has been lots of fun Dennis have you enjoyed it I have enjoyed it very much Jay yes excellent we should maybe do this again one day maybe yeah well maybe maybe the rugby one maybe you're the man yeah I think I am you think you are <laughs> that's yeah. that's the idea okay well let's let well we've got that set in stone now that you are the man when it comes to Fair uh uh, a rugby podcast. Um, th- just to re-mention of dot com is where you can visit Dennis's whole network of sites. Uh, yeah. th- they're all on there. Um, or go directly to Court City Kits dot com, International dot com. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, New Jersey dot com
2: and uh, Squad Numbers dot WordPress
1: dot com. There you go. That was the one I would have struggled with, but thank you for, <laughs> for that. And of course Dennis is on Twitter. Um Dennis underscore Hurley. Correct? Yeah, that's it. There you go.
2: And also at Museum of Jerseys.
1: Museum of Jerseys, yeah, for that yeah. as well.
2: And at Squad NOS. I see I don't know how to I see can, can you pronounce that as squad numbers and then spell it S Q A D N O S or do you say Squad Nose or Squad Nos?
1: Squadnos Squadnos Squad, nos. Who knows? squad nos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky yeah. one. We will. We you need squad to numbers
2: are taken, so I just have to think of something.
1: No, no. It's it's perfection. Uh, you should get that sorted. What the um, you should get that consistent before the yeah. podcast.
2: Yeah, I really should.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I have enjoyed this very very much. Uh. As we always say, uh, visit the website. We haven't talked about the website much at all today, but visit designfootball.com for the galleries of kits, crests, stadiums, boots, and there's a miscellaneous section as well where there's lots of other things. There are competitions. And there's also, on there. your blog,
2: which you haven't really updated in a while, which could do updated.
1: What's that? What? What could be updated? Your blog. The blog on there. Well, by the time this is this is out there, you you yeah. The... Oh, sorry, I, I
2: I forgot to check it this morning, yes. so that's why I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah, so everyone checking this who checked this on Christmas morning um will know that it's been updated. So you, you forgot to. Uh the that that covers everything I think. If you want to contact uh design football, it's designfootball.com on Facebook. It is design football on Twitter. My name is Jay and you can contact me on, uh on Twitter as J twenty That That is just try different combinations if you don't know how to spell that, it's not that difficult. Um and that the is... J stands
2: for J, like so... Homer J. Simpson.
1: Uh, no, no, it's J-A-Y.
2: Exactly, that that, that was the joke. Oh, okay. Homer J. Simpson, J is his middle name, J-A-Y. No, it's not. It
1: is. It's it's just the letter J, isn't it?
2: Oh, that's exactly. the joke on The
1: Simpsons, that his name is just the J-A-Y. J stands for J. Oh, I missed that episode. Thanks for ruining oh my, my podcast, Dennis. The... I thought you of all people would know that. Well, uh, apologies to everyone who thought I would know about Simpsons episodes. Clearly I don't.
2: No, who thought that you'd know, like, because it's your, it's the name you've
1: appropriated. <laughs> appropriated. It's, yeah. it's also kind of my name. But um, that I think we'll leave it there, Dennis. Okay. Okay. Well, it's Reluctantly. Been a, it's its largely been a pleasure talking to you, Dennis uh and we'll talk soon i think maybe about rugby okay it has it's largely been a pleasure talking <laughs> to you too <laughs> goodbye
2: goodbye <laughs>